Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Our opinion is, um, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Just uh, about a minute ago or or less in that soundbite right there. That's Astros owner Jim Crane the other day as part of the Astros' apology. It's inside the clubhouse. Good morning to you. It's Matt Spiegel here in Chicago. Bruce Levine there in Mesa. How'd that go over around the baseball world, Bruce? Yeah, not too well. Uh, as we'll, uh, we'll play uh, just a, in a minute here, Chris Bryant's reaction to the uh, Houston Astros scandal and how poorly it was handled. He was, he did not pull any punches, Matt, as people will listen to in this uh, five-minute segment that we pulled out that we're going to play here. But uh, the reality around baseball seems to be that for the first time that I can ever remember, we have many players uh, voicing their opinion that the Astros are bad actors, individually as players, the way they handled the situation, the false apology that came out very hollow. If you listen to it, uh, just a you know a let's let's move on situation. Well, you know what, Matt? It's not upon the players or the owner of the Astros to tell people when to move on from something like this. No, it is not. Uh, it's pretty interesting, though, as you say, Bruce, to have all these people from all these different teams going so hard on the Astros. What does that do to this idea that everybody was doing it? The Astros just did it a little bit worse. That kind of idea. No, that's I, been I out mean, there. Uh, you know, Bryant. Uh, Bryant said flat out. He said that uh, you know, uh, if, if there was anything like that uh, that he knew of, mm. he could he could not be a part of it. You know, and that he wouldn't stand for it and. That it was, it's just alien to what baseball is about. So uh, I imagine we should get to it and, and hear Chris Bryant talk about the Astros scandal and, and his thoughts about what occurred and what didn't occur. Chris, what would your numbers be if you knew what pitch was coming? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Probably the same. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Probably worse. I don't like when I, – I personally, it's – when. I don't like what I know the pitch is coming, but what a disgrace that was. Just watching their apology yesterday, too. Just There's just, it, it, there's no sincerity. There's no genuineness when it comes to it. Um, I certainly know that if I, if I messed up big in that way, um, I'd be the first one to let you know just how big of a mess up it was. And, I just it's just hard to believe. It really is. It's sad. If uh, five or six players use that type of technology and others say, you know, I don't I don't wanna do this, it's not right, uh, how difficult do you think that is for a team to uh, be able to function that way? And then 
when something like this happens, everybody gets blamed. Yeah, you know, I think I even I don't I I haven't looked into it too much, but I even think that there's players that don't want it. I still think they were going through with the the banging and stuff because it's really I think it really turned into a routine there. And a, a, a lot of the apology yesterday was a lot about 2017, 2017. It's like I'm pretty sure it was going on in 2018, 2019 too. Like, and that's that, that. That's just so sad because it's like just because you, I mean, if they didn't get caught, they'd still be doing it. And you know, they're only doing this apology because they got caught, and that's it's. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of feelings on it, and I know. Everybody around the league is really upset, and rightfully so, because it's really a disgrace to the game. Did you notice anything last year when you guys were? I, I guess I wouldn't notice because I wasn't on the mound, but um, I, I think, I mean, I don't know if you guys have talked to our pitchers if they've noticed, but I've, I don't know if you're banging on a trash can. Yeah. Jeez, I mean, you're banging on a trash can the whole game. I mean, I, that's pretty loud, like, I'm surprised they got away with it for three years. Well, now supposedly they have buzzers. And I totally believe that, too. I really do. I mean, I think if you find a way to cheat the system in one way, you're only going to continue to try to push the boundary. And, and I mean, a lot of the situations and circumstances surrounding this is very suspect, and it's definitely not far-fetched to believe that there were other means of cheating involved. Should the players have been punished? Absolutely. I mean, if I did it, I would accept the punishment. You would have to. Like, I thought the, the, the whole punishment was weak. I mean, I think, what is it? They got fined, what, five million bucks? Like, you make that selling the, the price of the beers at the games now? I mean, you make that, I don't even know how many games, but you make that real quick. That's the max? That's the max? Well, then that needs to change, too. You, you, said, change. you said it just went up. Good. You said to that, if you had gone or whatever, would, would, do you think you could ever get to that point where you would do something? Where, yeah. No, that, that, that just feels so wrong. Like, I, I, I mean, I feel like I'm playing golf with my dad, and I, I feel bad for taking a one-foot gimme putt. <laughs> like, doing this, like... And like this is this is people's livelihoods too that they're they're messing with. Like guys have never pitched in games since then. Guys have won awards that maybe they shouldn't have won. Who knows? I mean, yeah, there's certainly talented <laughs> ball players, but you know, I I personally think it's worse than steroids. I really do. I mean, it's steroids. You still have to compete and hit the ball. You know, it's coming. I mean, off of, off of these pitchers, like guys throwing, you know, upper nineties with really good curveballs and sliders and you can totally formulate a unbelievable game plan based on certain things if you know what they're coming like it's just frustrating and I mean they're gonna they're gonna have a tough year this year for sure I mean I I got booed really loud in St. Louis and they're gonna get wow everywhere they go rightfully so do you think they're gonna get hit by pitches I mean I'm sure they will I'm sure they will I mean Pitchers aren't happy about it. I mean, how, oh, I don't, obviously you don't want anybody to get hurt, but, you know, I think if teams are going about it in the right way and, you know, if you do get hit and you're not going after, you know, people's heads and stuff like that, 
I mean, I think they're definitely going to experience some of that this year. The Astros asked on you in the draft a long time ago. Were you aware of their reputation kind of within the game? I think why some of the reactions had been so strong. No, no, I was completely unaware. Like, I mean, I guess when I was playing college ball, I, I never watched baseball too often. I was playing when you play the game, you don't watch it too much, but. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know they had a reputation all the way back then, too. Um, so it went that far back. That That's even, that's terrible. Yeah. Not necessarily the cheating, but just the way they kind of ran oh, their operation. Oh, yeah, no, I, I didn't. I wasn't aware. That's Chris Bryant going hard this morning on the Astros scandal. That's a guy with a... A very clear and solid moral compass there, Bruce Levine, and he's disgusted. Yeah, he is, uh, Matt, and uh, rightfully so. I think you're hearing the indignation all around baseball. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how the Astros can get through this uh, without it having a, a serious impact on them. I mean, there are still, even without Cole, they're going to be picked to, to win their division and be one of the better teams in baseball. They have that much real talent, cheating or not. But uh, just dealing with this wherever they go and people looking at them as, uh, you know, outcasts of the game, I, I think it's going to be a very rough year. And the tone was set by, uh, by Jim Crane, their owner, uh, the, the way that he tried to, uh, you know, sloth this off is, is something that they shouldn't have done. But, you know, again, uh, didn't impact games. I think that's that's the most brutal part of anything that I've heard over the last week. 312-644-6767, and we will take your phone calls on this. Lots of texts coming through as well. This hour and the score is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Uh, do you guys think, so asked a texter earlier, Bruce, that something could change and more punishments could be handed down because of the way this has blown up all across baseball and everybody's saying not enough was done, not enough was done, not enough was done. Could Rob Manfred go back in and do more? He can't because he already uh, downloaded uh, information from all these guys and basically gave them immunity. That's why you saw no players that uh, had any fines or punishment. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had to have the solid information of exactly what happened. And these guys on the record with Major League Baseball telling them how they cheated. Now, does that mean at some point Rob Manford doesn't uh, expose exactly what was said? Or did he take a... Did he take a role with them saying this will never be published? This will never be let out. Uh, We know how those things go sometimes where uh, people say this will never be let out. And then all of a sudden, you know, we saw in 2005, six, seven drug tests that were revealed that were never supposed to be revealed. So from that perspective, um, this is going to follow them around for a long time. I, I just think, Something authentic has to be done by the Astros and their organization to show their their real remorse in this, their, their real thought that uh, they did something wrong. Nothing is hollow as that press conference where guys reluctantly stood there and talked about being wrong. It just didn't work. Yeah, I, I wonder in terms of, of anything further, and I think you're right that the Astros will have to do something to – make people realize that they've been humbled in some possible way. But in terms of doing something material, how can anybody who was a part of Operation Codebreaker 
in that front office be allowed to continue to work in baseball? James Click, the new general manager who came over from Tampa Bay, said he was going to review everybody and take a look. He said this the other day, as the same day as the as the apologies that 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 he he may not you know get rid of people who were involved in that. How could they stay in the game, Bruce? Yeah, no, it's it's a great question, Matt. It really is. Um, I don't know. I don't know how this shakes down from that perspective. I, I can I can only tell you that something in the way of of these players giving time and uh, money to uh, a public service of some sort is the only way that they can repair themselves. You know, I I think I talked about yesterday that. Um, if they went to every town, every city that they go to on the road, and they go to the public schools, and they have a, a set uh, assembly at every public school where they they talk about the do the right thing tour. Hmm. We did the wrong thing. Here's what we did wrong. We were we had everything. We we uh, we showed no character. We did the wrong thing. Uh, there is redemption in saying you're wrong and taking a new path, and then you, using money. Uh, you know, behind that to give to those schools or those cities. Uh, that's the only way to, to really go about repairing this, showing real remorse by giving your time and your dollars toward uh, repairing this with the public. Let's go to the phone lines, Bruce. John is in Lincoln Square and has been wanting to talk about this stuff. What's up, John? You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Great show. Uh, my question is about the Astros scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to some sports commentators earlier this week, and they said that pitchers in Major League Baseball, it's a well-known fact that 70% of all Major League pitchers doctor the ball, therefore, therefore saying that basically pitchers cheat, why can't batters? And I want to know if you guys have heard this or if you believe this or what your thoughts are on this topic. Well, these days when they say doctor and it's accepted, they're really talking about that sunscreen stuff, right? Bruce, bullfrog is the sprayable sunscreen. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, they, they, they spray it on you, right? It's clear that it's undetectable. It used to be that they used flat-out uh, regular sunscreen on their uniforms. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they'd also mix in a little, um, a little sand or some uh, hard compound to be able to get a grip on it as well. Uh, you know, doctoring baseballs and uh, have cheating, that's been going on for 140 years. Catchers, uh, when they get a ball from the umpire, you'll notice uh, that umpires n- normally don't give them to the catchers anymore. But in between pitches, you know, there were, uh, there were catchers for generations that were known to have sharp edges on their uh, – uh, on the, on their protection on their protection area on their uh, you know the the areas on on their uh, feet or near their uh, legs so they could scratch the ball on the before they return mm-hmm. the ball to the pitcher. But that's so, one thing, Bruce. Like like doctoring, scratching, and scuffing to change the flight or putting something uh, like Gaylord Perry with the the Vagisil and the Vaseline. That's one thing. Just using something to give your give yourself a tighter grip. There's a line drawn there, and it's pretty much. Exciting acceptable to use a little something to get a tighter grip i guess tighter grip but uh, to make the ball move uh, in an uncharacteristic way i mean that's that's been going on forever i don't know how you stop that um you know uh, there have been people thrown out of games for scuffing balls mm-hmm. you, know, you go back to the 80s don sutton was thrown out of a game <clears throat> in the 90s for uh for scuffing a ball the uh, you know the the visiting manager showed 10 scuffed balls 
eventually he got tossed out. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a part of the normal cheating that goes on. Does it make it right? No. Uh, should they be punished when they're caught? Yes. But uh, I think this this probably transcends anything like that. But people should not be surprised about cheating and using uh, electronic cheating uh, in the past. We've talked about it on our show on numerous occasions. It's happened before. It's just the extent of the technology now and how it was used in both dugouts to cheat that took this to another level. This is John in Mount Prospect on 670 The Score. Hello, John. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Spiegs. Um, uh, just a comment real quick. I have no problem with, with the scuffing of the balls and, and, and what I'm almost in every sport. Like you see the kickers in football try to compress the, 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 the football before they kick it. In soccer, they do it the same. I don't, I'm okay with that. But like the, the way they were they cheated and they blatantly not admitting to their cheat has really turned me off mm-hmm. from from that. Yeah. Just like it turned me off a little bit with the steroid issue. But that's not the reason I called. The reason I called is I might be in the minority in this, but I would do everything humanly possible to keep Chris Bryant in a Cubs uniform. Just after listening to that 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 interview, how do you not want this guy to be the face of your organization? How do you not want to keep him around for as long as you can? Isn't this the guy you want the kids looking up to? I'm not saying. I mean, I love Javi. Great guy. Rizzo, great guy. These are this is a really nice team that they put together. Great talent. If I was if I was if if I was the Cubs of Brass, I, I would do everything possible to keep this guy and 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 go forward with him. To trade him, I, I just think that you know, I don't know. I, I, I think he'll put a sour taste in everybody's mouth if that happens. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. It's uh, when you're talking about Chris Bryant, the person, the public speaker, the conscience, the face of an organization. There's nothing to dislike there, Bruce. You're right, Matt, 100%. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> the Indians are looking at the same thing with Lindor. Francisco Lindor in Cleveland. Uh, the Boston fans are a rate that Mookie Betts is no longer a Boston Red Sox. It's the business of baseball. Uh, the business of baseball means that uh, owners cannot afford three, four, or five 30-plus million-dollar players, and they're going to be at war after 2021 with uh, trying to implement a salary cap and it could get ugly at that point. But for now, we're seeing the residual effect early on of teams positioning themselves to get rid of high-profile commodities and get the most out of it because not thinking that they're going to be able to sign these players going forward. It's a very difficult sport to build a winner. And the truth is that a full-on superstar like Mike Trout or Mookie Betts or Chris Bryant or whatever some of these guys are is not enough to help you win. Sometimes. We're, Most we're of the talk time. more about this. We're going to talk more about the White Sox in our last 40 minutes of the show. Uh, plenty of, of more for Matt and I to do with you before the top of the hour at 312-644-6767. He's not wrong, folks. Inside the Clubhouse returns after this on 670 The Score. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. He is Bruce Levine out there in Mesa, Arizona. I am Matt Spiegel here in Chicago. It is inside the clubhouse. The phones are rolling on the Astros cheating and the reaction to it and Chris Bryant's comments on it this morning, Bruce. What else are the news items of the day coming out of Cubs camp that we expect later on today? Well, uh, position players aren't due actually until the 17th, but almost everybody's in both camps, the White Sox and the Cubs. Uh, Javier Baez... In today, he'll be talking to the media for the first time tomorrow. That'll pretty much complete uh, the Cub group. On the other side of uh, 
Arizona, 30 minutes away in Glendale. Uh, you know, most of everyone is there right now. Eloy Jimenez expected to show up today. Tim Anderson expected to talk in the next day or two. So everybody is uh, ready to go because of the fact that games start as early as next, I believe it's next Friday. A week, uh, yeah, a week from today is the uh, is the Cubs debut, and that'll be heard right here on 670, the score. But I think there are games the day before. You're right. Yeah, so uh, a lot going on. By the way, Matt. Max and Benny's, the best deli restaurant bakery in Chicagoland, welcomes you to their Northbrook location. Wintertime is soup season at Max and Benny's. Chicken noodle, kreplach, matzo ball, sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup each day warm the body and soothe the soul at this iconic food emporium. Check out the large new party room that can accommodate 10 to 125 people. Meetings, parties, shivas, and more. Dinners 4 to 9 p.m. feature the best roast beef, chicken, and freshest fish in Chicagoland. 30 minutes from downtown. 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border, Max and Benny's, where the pastrami sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. For both teams, both sides of town, first game of spring training one week from today, Bruce Levine. So we have officially made it, and people can uh, can see and hear some baseball a week from today. This is Chip in Villa Park on 670 The Score. Good morning, Chip. How you doing? Good, doing well. Gentlemen, I was just wondering, based on everything that's been happening in this offseason between, um, you know, uh, arbitration players losing arbitration, this whole scandal with the Astros, I was just wondering how strong is the players' union now? It seems that a couple of years back we were discussing the players' union as one of the strongest unions, period, in the United States. But I'm wondering what kind of strength they have now, especially in light of this Astros situation in which we seem to have a lot of infighting amongst the players themselves talking about how the team wasn't punished hard enough, um, action's going to be taken against probably some of the players on the Astros and games coming up. Um, where does the, the union stand completely in all of this, and how strong is the players' union uh, today? Well, Matt, uh, people are going to find out here pretty soon. I think the resolve is building – uh, certainly, Brian alluded to that when I asked him about the question, is this indeed not just a luxury tax, it's not just a threshold, but it is, a, in practice, by ownership, a hard salary cap? And he said, yes, it is, and that's what we're having to get used to. That's what we're going to have to look at going forward. So there's there's a big fight to be had, and... There is a plenty of money on both sides that are at risk, Matt. That could be a good thing and a bad thing because the good thing is is that nobody wants, in a $12 billion a year industry, nobody wants to see that money go by the wayside if there are no games. On the other part, it depends how, how uh, tough and uh, how resolute the owners are to establish a hard cap in baseball and will there will there be time missed after 2021 yeah there's a lot of stuff in there bruce and because we now have a de facto cap that just about everybody is adhering to if you're not the yankees um they did up until the last couple years they did up until they decided all right here's the time to just full-on go for it and who cares let's do it um but there is no floor and and organizations have taken advantage of this i mean the cubs took advantage of it and during their rebuild they cut major league expenses as low as humanly possible for a couple years and so they could then build back up it's very very common can you have a cap without a floor no, and that's a great point. Uh, you have to have a floor in a in any type of 
uh, situation. But the, the players don't want that because that would be allowing uh, ownership to establish a cap. Hmm. And that means that, that what you would do is you'd start to shrink salaries because how many teams would be able to afford how many $30 million players, right? I mean, it's just – it's a matter – you know, the math is easy. You know, if you if your cap is $200 million a year, okay, and you have three $30 million players, that means half of the rest of your roster has to fall into that $100 million area. Right. Uh, they, they could also do something else that the owner – the players don't want, and that is declare free agency for all players every year. So what happens then? Okay, the best players initially get great contracts from teams. Uh, some of the teams lock them up to good deals for a long period of time. Hmm. And then the rest of the players are in a free market where they have to scramble for contracts. And when you flood a, a uh, when you take a commodity and you flood uh, the industry or you flood the market with a lot, uh, you're not going to get true value for everybody so the median salary would be totally impacted by the fact that if you made everybody a free agent uh there there's no locked in salaries for everybody else and there's it's a it's a it's a free-for-all as to what players would be accepting from teams from year to year it's so interesting because we've for so long accepted this idea that the big six or eight franchises can spend on one level everybody else is at another level and we've seen those teams on the everybody else at another level we've seen them win we've seen them make it to the playoffs a couple times make it to the world series in the royals case win the world series we've seen it happen so we've accepted and maybe the sport lends itself to that that there are multiple ways to win so you've got this system of an equity that which is the basis it's going to be very hard for them to iron anything out in one off season of negotiations Bruce. it, it is and uh, and it also it tells you that it, what we've seen over the past seven years or so where teams are reluctant to trade their own young players that's what you have to do you must develop your own players you must develop them and for for a number of reasons for the talent level and for keeping the salaries at a reasonable price and and retaining them for six or seven years so from from all of that uh you know baseball is in a big change at this point in time and uh you know there's going to be a reluctance by by the union to accept the way things are right now so the question by the caller is a great one and that is is there enough resolve in the players association and the players hmm. to sit out for a year or sit out for a year and a half and and be able to establish you know what it is because the strength that the players have met is that you might be able to bring young players up or replacement players up at some point in time but they're not going to be close to the quality of the game that you need to have on the field to have people come out and watch it every day. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Kickstart a romantic evening at tonight's home game. The first 500 couples to enter Allstate Arena receive a box of Fannie Mae chocolate and a beautiful rose. For tickets, visit ChicagoWolves.com. Bruce, let's take a break and we'll come back. Let's talk some White Sox. Biggest news coming out of White Sox camp this week and what fans uh, can expect as the days roll on. Cool? Sounds good. All right. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for three seventy-nine every day. Great food at a great price. A participating restaurant's additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. I think anybody who says that they that they love losing uh, is lying. 
So that question to me is, it's kind of a moot point. Of course, nobody likes losing. Uh, I'm no different. Uh, the, the thing for us to do is to make sure that everything that we got on paper, we can hopefully uh, keep them confident working and preparing and making that, uh, that paper uh, line up, uh, come to fruition between the lines in, in, uh, in the real sense. That's Ricky Renteria, the manager of the White Sox. Tired of losing. Bruce, he wants to win. Bruce Levine is out there in Arizona. I'm Matt Spiegel here in Chicago listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Yeah, everybody wants to win, Matt. Uh, it depends on uh, what your front office gives you, what your economics is of your ball team, and uh, also uh, when the light goes on for you as an organization. It appears the light is flickering green for the Chicago White Sox as they move ahead here. But injuries in the early part of spring training here with guys coming in injured is adding a little bit of pause for the Chicago White Sox. Lucas Giolito checks in with a rib cage problem. He will not pitch in a Cactus League game until at least March. Same situation for Gio Gonzalez with a shoulder and Yasmani Grandal with a calf situation, hmm. all being slow-rolled going toward March. And when you say, well, okay, it's the first week of March, you know, they have plenty of time. In this day and age, no. The opening day is March 26th. That means these pitchers will have three and a half weeks to get full throttle going forward. So these are things that Rick Hahn said on Grandal. We will see Grandal uh, in early spring training with Giolito and Gonzalez, he said, and we are assured that they will be ready for opening day. So there was no... There was no commentary from Rick about when in spring training we'll see either Gonzalez or Giolito competing. Well, Gonzalez is in a Gonzalez is gravy in some ways as a fifth starter. Although I guess you've been expecting him to be the guy who's healthy and ready to go, and then some of the other guys might be yeah, gravy. Sure. But but Grandal uh, Grandal with that calf is is interesting. What, what what were your thoughts on how James McCann addressed the media this week in regards to Grandal being here and McCann being here and having to make all of that work together? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, it was it was very honest and it was uh, and it was very team like and I would not expect anything different from McCann. And again, having the luxury of having two very good All Star caliber catchers is something I didn't think personally when when they went about it. I didn't think it could work, but it looks like it's the smartest thing for them to be able to do as long as McCann is the professional that he's always shown he is. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and until we see anything different, this is going to be a very uh, nice thing for the Chicago White Sox to have because a calf for a catcher, I mean, uh, it's not good for any type of player. But, um, you know, that that's, a, that's an injury you really have to watch because there's so much movement that goes on every pitch, you know, for, you know, 200 pitches during a ball game. Yeah, this is a, it's a great – position to be in to have uh, to have those two guys there and McCann who worked so well with uh, so many of the young pitchers last year um, big blow to the Indians in terms of competition within the division this week Bruce uh, Mike Clevenger knee surgery out for the start of the year at least six to eight weeks that's a phenomenal pitcher I don't know if people realize just how great Mike Clevenger has been over the last couple of years and uh, probably was going to be the opening day starter in the ace for the Indians and he's gone for a little bit here they have a little depth 
depth, but not as much because, you know, even though Kluber didn't pitch last year, you know, he was the ace of the staff for many years. Now this injury to Clevenger, uh, you know, they, they have their guys that are uh, solid young pitchers coming up, and they're still in good shape, but the depth is not there. So we're already before the first games of spring training, Matt, and we're starting to see the depth chart on uh, different teams being challenged. And that's what you look for in spring training. That's why the scouts work uh, both the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League a lot and in heavy amounts because of the fact that trades will need to be made to fortify some of these contending teams. Staying within the division, Bruce, I don't know about you, but I I think the Twins have probably gotten better. I know they won 100 games, but having Josh Donaldson at third is a big deal offensively and defensively, and I think Kenta Maeda, it, it could be the rotation mainstay that they had not locked down up until that trade. I, there's a lot to like about what the Twins ended up doing in the offseason, I think. Matt, tell me what type of baseball we're going to have in 2020, <laughs> and I'll tell you if the Twins should be the favorite because of all of the, you know, the crazy over 300 home runs. Yeah. I mean, think about 300 home runs, Matt. It's it's just this short of two home, two home runs a game for that team. You know, the incredible amount of firepower. Both the Yankees and Twins, for the first time in Major League Baseball history, went by the 299 mark into the 300s. So I'm, I'm just curious, you know, with, with everybody with launch angle and with everybody with guys that could hit the ball out of the park and names that you never heard of before hitting 30 home runs, Mm -hmm. whether that's legit or it's a product of the baseball and the era and that we're going to go back into uh, baseball the way it used to be going forward. Yeah, nobody can tell you. Nobody can tell you exactly what the baseball is. Uh, One other guy the Twins grabbed that, Sergio Romo. I love that dude, man. Experience, toughness in that bullpen. I think uh, he could be helpful, but that has nothing to do with what kind of baseball it is, as as you said, Bruce. No, it doesn't. And you're right. The makeup guys like Romo are essential for every team. You have to be able to play, but you know, he's a huge makeup guy. He's yep. a huge crossover guy between, you know, the Latin American players and the American players. That's that's so essential uh, on many teams, especially teams with a lot of new players on. Absolutely. Let's go to George in River Grove. Let's talk some White Sox here on 670 The Score. What's up, George? How are you guys today? Good. Well, I'm trying to – I'm observing from last year that the uh, White Sox – we're making the same idiotic, boneheaded plays the last week of the season that they were making the first week of the season. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a whole hell of a lot of improvement. Uh, I didn't see them being able to catch the ball. I saw them popping up, fouling off, striking out, uh, runners in scoring position, batting average, especially in the late innings. Uh, among the lowest in the leagues, and 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 how does this manager, who is an enabler, and let these guys uh, do whatever the hell they want to do? It looks like a park district league game out there. Hey, hey George, uh, they haven't played a game in like four months. Yeah, well, they... How do you ask? Answer me. How do they flip the switch, and all of a sudden they're going to be winners? Well, they had the best offseason of anybody in the American League by a mile is one way. Um, but I, I, I mean, well, he's, he's an angry man watching well, some White uh, Sox look, baseball. They've addressed on-base percentage dramatically, okay? Uh, they've addressed a power in the positions they didn't have any at DH in right field, in Mazzara, uh, in Encarnacion. Uh, 
Uh, Grandal is uh, a super OPS guy that walks a lot. Uh, yeah, he's right about uh, you know the fact that uh, this was a team that was the least patient team in baseball. The guy who had 44 walks uh, is no and the most on the Chicago White Sox last year. 44, underline that number. Uh, that was their second baseman. Uh, he's no longer there. <laughs> so they needed on-base percentage. They needed slug in those other positions. The defense, he is right about. It's an issue. It, it has to be better at shortstop. Anderson must improve. Made the most errors of anybody in baseball. Uh, the difficult play he makes easily. The easy play he makes difficultly. And that is a, a problem that he has to improve on. He's good enough to be able to do that. Uh, from what I understand, he continues to put, put the work in, but they do have to be a better defensive team if they're going to win. My goodness, I, I understand the concept of a beaten-down White Sox fan who has watched uninspiring baseball for a large part of the last decade, but you saw a lot of good signs last year and then a tremendous pile of acquisitions, and you're going to see Luis Robert from opening day and Nick Madrigal soon after that. I mean, my goodness, I, I don't know how you can't be sitting in an optimistic place right now today. Yeah, again, you know, uh, the, OP, the OPS situation was a, a critical one for the White Sox. It wasn't good, okay? So they, they addressed uh, some of that in the acquisitions that they made. The, you know, uh, again, Robert and Madrigal will find their way on this team and develop. Madrigal, as you pointed out, and we all know a couple weeks ago when he was a guest of ours, only 16 strikeouts. This is a contact guy. This is a guy that will take some walks. So, uh, you know, they are addressing these issues, and we haven't even touched on – the addition of Keiko and the addition of Gonzalez to fortify the staff. So you're right. Let's let it play out. But they they do have to be a dramatically better defensive team if they're going to win in the mid to upper 80s and into the 90s eventually. Let's go to Mike in Northbrook who wants to respond yeah. to George and River Grove. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you guys just covered a good portion of it. But I'm, ty- <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that, and I'll tell you what that guy said. I'll tell you why. There's at least a dozen guys on this White Sox team this year that weren't on the team last year, including the guys they acquired, the guys they're they're bringing up from the minors, and the guys that uh, are coming back from injury. Are you still there? Yep. Yeah. So in all the years, I went to the World Series in 59 as a nine-year-old. And I got to tell you, in all the years I've been following the team and I follow them closely, this this might be the only time that they're not going to actually have marginal players on the on the team come come when they break. You know what I call hobos, guys that bounce from team to team and fill in. This team is is going to have the young core that they developed, plus plus Kopech and, and Radon coming back, plus the six guys they acquired, three of which you could consider to be star players. Okay, plus got other guys in the minors that are good looking guys that we don't even mention. You know what I'm saying? I mean. I don't remember them ever being so loaded, and I'll say this. I'm not going to predict they're going to win the division, but this is going to be a good team for a number of years. I think that's the whole idea, Mike. What you said about not having, like, holdover guys, they started doing it last year. They got rid of of guys who didn't really have a business on a winning team. They started to get those guys out of here, and that has continued in the offseason. And and what what did we see at the end of last year at the trading deadline? They held on to their bullpen guys. They they could have traded them all day long. Yeah. Yes. That that was uh, that was the idea that they felt they were getting close and they were going to make some big moves in the offseason and be in a competitive mode. And sure enough, it looks like they are. Matt, uh, we have 
people to thank Zach Withers for a tremendous job. Well done. You for handling this beautifully, Matt, uh, both the up and back and the press conference from Sloan here. Thank you so much for that. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also on our website, 670thescore.com, where I write Cubs and Sox stories every day. Look forward to talking to you again next week from Mesa and Glendale. Thank you, Bruce. Good stuff today. Good job getting Bryant live on the air. That was fun to hear on Inside the Clubhouse. Follow him at MLB Bruce Levine on Twitter. I'm at Matt Spiegel 670 on Twitter. I'll continue here on The Score for the next three hours along with Steve Rosenblum. Have a great Saturday, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 